All right, and that's how the president concluded the family meeting, as we usually call it, and he called it that himself. Well, good evening to you once again. Welcome to Facts of Faith. It's 30 minutes now after 7. I'm not quite sure if it will be fair to you to give you a 30-minute program, whereas you're already pressed for time when it's one hour. First, I must apologize for my voice, but I am working on it. This past week has been a bit rough. But we do hope that things going forward will be much, much better. The president tonight has announced that we have moved to adjusted level two, where curfew is going to begin at 11 and end at four. Again, when people spoke to me about this family meeting, um, many had been fearful that there would be an alcohol ban. The president did not mention anything about an alcohol ban, so I do suppose that um, at this point we can look at the growth of the economy from that side and we hope that people who are consuming alcohol will be responsible, knowing full well that we are in the clasp of the third wave. The third wave is upon us. Another point that the president has raised was the manner in which we conduct ourselves. I'm saying this is another point because it is not associated to alcohol consumption. He said, when we gather in funerals, when we gather in after tears, when we gather in sports gatherings and so forth, we tend to be irresponsible. We tend not to keep our masks on which could be one of the reasons why we are facing the third wave now the other point that the president raised with the country is the fact that we need to be aware that COVID-19 does not travel by itself I laughed when he said that because it should be obvious that when we are infected with the COVID virus or with the coronavirus, it is because we, we went to it in those crowded spaces. So the unfortunate part of it all is that we cannot blame the coronavirus for infecting us. It's like jumping into a pool of water and then complain when you're wet. Anyways, a few points from the president there. I'm sure you have your own. Uh, but I held on to those. But we're going to try and give you at least as much as we can of our conversation for tonight. I don't know how we're going to have a 25, 26-minute conversation, but we'll do what we can um, on the topic for tonight. We're moving on to the topic for tonight. Our topic for tonight is on self-defense. We're asking the question, what does religion say? What does religion say about self-defense 
but more than anything, the president has announced during a family meeting an adjusted level two. So please understand me when we're saying we are not going to deal with that topic that we had planned. Initially, we had planned on having that question on self-defense. Let me give you a brief so that you can know what to expect for next week. According to the police minister, the Firearms Control Amendment Bill 2021 seeks to amend and strengthen the Firearms Control Act of 2000. Part of the bill's aims is to remove all self-defense as a reason for applying for a firearm. Currently, there are over 60,000 60,000 submissions regarding a firearms control amendment bill. You can imagine that. Our question tonight was supposed to be about citizens protecting themselves, particularly if they fall under the specific religion. If you're Hindu, what does your faith say about that? Can you, can you, can you protect yourself? Are you entitled to protect yourself? What does your faith say? Should you be carrying a weapon to protect yourself? That was what we were planning to talk about. But I do feel it would be very irresponsible if I don't give you the opportunity to talk about what the president has just said right now. Are you happy with the decision of the president? As advised by the scientists, he kept on saying. What do you think? Well, we're going to invite the guests that we're scheduled to talk about self-defense with. And we'll talk to them about now. The president, what the president had to say in the family meeting at 7 o'clock. It may be one minute after 7. If you're one of those people who would like to join in the conversation, you're most welcome to do so. You can send your WhatsApp texts, you can send your tweets, your Facebook posts on what the president is saying or just said. So I'm saying all of this so that you understand that we would love to have our conversation but it would not be fair for us to engage for 24 minutes on a subject that requires more than that so instead we have requested our guests to come and give commentary on what the president has said you're listening to facts of faith SAFM has signed a code of conduct that is enforced by the Broadcasting Complaints Commission of South Africa. Under the code, we are committed to giving news that is accurate, comment that is fair, and programming that is not harmful, does not amount to hate speech, or contain violence or explicit sex. If you think we are not living up to that code, then you can inform the Broadcasting Complaints Commission of South Africa. Direct any complaints in writing to the Broadcasting Complaints Commission of South Africa. PO Box 142365. Craig Hall, 2024, fax to 011-326-3198 or an email to bccsa at nabsa.co.za. For more information, please visit www.bccsa.co.za. Naye Lupondwana on SAFM. Like I said, we had planned on talking about self-defense with our guests, but we have uh, requested that they give us commentary on what the president has just said, and they have obliged. Thank you to all of my guests for agreeing to talk to us. Let me introduce you to them in no particular order. We do have Bishop Joshua Maponga. Good evening to you, Bishop, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Thank you, sir. Also, we do have uh, the Sheikh, 
Sheikh Tapelo Ahmed Ahmad. Sheikh, good evening to you and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Thank you very much, Naye Lukondwana, and uh, greetings to you and your listeners. Also, we'll be joined in a short while by Evangelist Eason Znumu. As soon as we get him, we will give him the opportunity to give commentary as well. Let's begin with you, Sheikh. We haven't spoken in a long while. The president has spoken, and uh, some are excited, some are disappointed just by looking at social media. But I'd like to hear from your take as a leader of a people, especially in the council. Um, so, so, so um, can I maybe wear the, my, my cap as, a, as an imam and as a religious leader in the community, not only in the legislature? That's fine. So, yeah, uh, it appears that um, it's, it's quite disappointing because the more emphasis when it comes to the spreader or potential spreader of uh, COVID-19, it, it, it is referred to as um, the churches are the main spreaders of uh, churches, synagogues, and uh, mosques, which is quite disturbing because uh, the, the, the churches of where we find solace as uh, believers, it has to be the place that, uh, yes, we need to be pragmatic and, and, and objective on how we view things, but it has to be at least a place where we've seen previous days where the shipping will be allowed to participate, parties will be allowed, uh, bashes will be allowed. So in our view, it will appear as if it's an attack to uh, places of worship, just in a nutshell. But uh, as, as a leader in the community or in the legislature, I think it's a progressive move, but we need to strike the balance. What you do on the right has to be done on the left so that we do not leave the community imbalanced because churches are very critical components of our moral compass in our society. Okay. So you believe it's an attack on religious community because they have told you the truth? Or do you believe that it's not true? It's a lie that communities of faith, when they gather, they're super spreaders. It's, it's, there's more emphasis since the inception of lockdown. There's more emphasis to say potentially churches a super spreader of uh, COVID-19. Uh, I'm not saying churches can never potentially spread, but what I'm saying is that we need to be consistent when we we, we place these laws. Um, we need to have administrative justice when we put these laws on the table to say, if churches are super spreaders, so is the Shibin. If churches are super spreaders, so is the Bash. If churches are super spreaders, so it's a mall where, you know, because a church is where people find their solace. That's where people are, find com are finding comfort. That's where people would even believe from the religious point of view or from the orthodox to say, this is where we find our cure. But we need to also encourage people to take precautions or precautionary measures so that we are not reckless in our view. I, I understand. My question, Sheikh, was, is it not true that religious communities, when they gather, they are super spreaders. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, I'm not saying yes, nor do I say no. But what I'm saying is that we need to advocate for administrative justice because it can't be only churches which are super spreaders. What I'm saying is that there are other social gatherings which are potentially or a high, more higher risk 
than a church itself. But the president did mention sporting gatherings, the after tears. He did mention others, not just churches or religious gatherings. Hundred percent. I'm saying this is where I said from the inception, it appeared as if churches are super spreaders. Okay, yeah. Bishop, your take. Yes, yes, that's oh, my take. It, it is quite, it is quite sad to, to witness the, the, the heavy foot that is on the churches. Why do I say that? Yes and no. And no, because churches are housing a number of professionals. This includes doctors and nurses and uh, other health workers who are actually uh, religious. And they are slightly sober than the people meeting in other kind of gatherings. Having said that, there are other strategies that we've seen in the last few days, like uh, the one project that I was actually working with where churches can buy testing kits for their members. So if church is starting at 10, for example, members can come in at uh, 7 or 8 in the morning and they all get tested. By the time the church is opening, they all have been screened. And at an ongoing level, that can actually help to increase the number of testing, testing uh, stations that are happening in the country. So I thought maybe the president would have I picked up that some other churches could uh, begin to do the prior testing exercises by themselves so that we can actually even use churches as uh, testing centers to increase uh, the awareness around the country. However, in some cases where recklessness is happening in the churches, where people are just gathering for the sake of gathering, I think uh, they have just become super spreaders. I would not repeat to that. Uh, but uh, I think I want to concur with my brother that uh, the, the churches are also communities. And in the way in which we deal with pubs, the way in which we deal with schools, and we're still, I also heard the schools from another media space that schools are going to be opening as of next month, I think, next month in June. And that was about uh, early or mid-June thereabouts. So I'm wondering how this embargo and how this uh, will now impact on the schools themselves. Uh, opening full-time, because they're not going to be taking half-students this week and half-students tomorrow. And uh, so on the issue that, uh, you know, venues must only occupy half of their capacity, I would love to see how that's going to pan out in our schools. Uh, and whatever will be happening to schools, uh, will churches also not feel disadvantaged when the Department of Education is allowed to meet at full capacity and churches are not are being restricted to half of capacity and with uh, phase two restriction. You, you're making a very interesting proposal there, uh, uh, Bishop. But have, have you presented the proposal of churches buying testing kits and testing their members to government? Have you engaged government as religious leaders? Yes, we are with uh, Bron, with Bron uh, Capital and... Uh, another testing company in uh, Soweto, uh, in a black African testing station. We have made presentations uh, to the government structures uh, to the effect that if we as, church, as churches should buy our own testing kits, uh, which we can use for our own members, uh, will that not then make churches actually a safe place to be? So churches are not quiet. I was actually very excited. We met up in a conference as religious leaders to actually discuss the 
the pandemic and the direct church response and one of our uh, church leaders the uh, archbishop moahi uh, is heading that uh, conversation in terms of selling these test kits to churches and if churches are testing their members and every weekend members are being tested and cleaned then what what reason do you have to keep them away from church so i think churches are becoming vigorous in terms of their direct response to the pandemic can can religious people uh, bishop be trusted if they have been proven by scientists and surveys that the religious communities are irresponsible they are super spreaders can they really be trusted it is simple it is simple as walking up to a church and finding out that there are 1000 members that are inside the church all of them have been tested as of this morning because the testing kit actually gives you the results within 15 minutes So if all the members who are coming through the doors of the church can be tested by the time they are sitting they are all negative and that is happening weekly we actually should check the churches as a positive meeting space for applying this uh, prior to entrance of the building or the public space that testing must become compulsory okay. because if this testing are taking 15 20 minutes for example then even train stations and government buildings to actually start having this testing kit so that daily we are monitoring the the virus itself rather than thinking it for the next two weeks you are going to be running around some people have never tested and, uh, so i so think we need to take it positively who's who's going to pay for these testing kits because right where i live they they it's it's 800 rand to test i don't who who's going to pay for each of these testing kits every week The technology that the church has come up with I think the testing kits are not more than 300 rands and the government and the churches can actually join hands in terms of subsidizing that it is critical that if the government wants to know the status of its own members that testing becomes compulsory and if churches are willing to meet the government halfway I think it's a win-win situation between government parastatals and churches themselves to find a solution those who want people to meet then they should be interested in how best do you make sure that your meeting places yeah. become healthy for those meetings got it got it okay all right um evangelist zanuma joins us on the line evangelist good evening to you and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us good e- good evening i good evening the whole panel and good evening our nation you are listening to the president uh, addressing the family your respect your your, your reaction yeah nay this thing is very complicated in the especially for us lay people we hear a lot of things about uh, about this disease and the testing and all these things now we would rely on scientific data and uh, proven methods that actually attest to the fact that uh, whatever we are talking about it really works like that and it really is going to impact the nation exactly like that but coming out to to the whole, to the whole thing about testing and, uh, and the shutting down uh, 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 you know places of worship and all that and all that and all that how we have been on a shutdown now for quite a long time and the churches have not been open people have not been coming to to congregate to worship together would we say this is what we ask as ordinary people lay people would we say 
that has benefited us in terms of cutting the rate of uh, uh, infection. Okay. We we have a situation, um, Evangelist, that I was hoping that perhaps we could address um, at some point, and I suppose this is a better time as any. And this is a question that I asked also. Um, when we are talking about religious communities, these are communities that are supposed to be leading in any in any environment. Or would imagine that's supposed to be happening. We're supposing that religious communities, when they are supposed to be trusted with keeping up their masks, they keep up their masks. They don't need to be told. They just are honest. Keep your mask up. If you know that you have a high temperature, don't even come. If you have symptoms, don't. But we are seeing reports time and time and time again. First wave, second wave. Now it's third wave. We're still told that religious communities are part of the super spreaders. But do we have, do we have figures to that? Do we, do, 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 would we say that is true? That's what the president says. Do you think he's lying? You know, you know, you know, no, I'm not saying the president is lying, but he could be misinformed. What we want is facts on the ground. Is that a reality? Because in, in the communities that I know, I wouldn't regard uh, 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 church assemblies as super spreaders because I don't, I don't, I don't see it. But rather, we hear of figures elsewhere in other places where there is super spreading. Like for instance, you, you, you talk about sport. For instance, sport goes on; it attracts large numbers of people, more than the churches. I understand. That's why I said religious communities are part of those irresponsible ones. I would imagine that people of faith would be outstanding citizens where they would be the first and the ones and only that are going to be trusted to wear their masks, to stay at home, no socializing and so forth. But what appears though, they are counted amongst sports gatherings. They're counted amongst shabines. They're counted amongst after tears parties that counted amongst the offenders of this very same thing so my question is should we not be having religious communities excluded we should not be mentioning religious communities everything should be done right by religious communities or am i supposing wrong yeah it's a difficult one now when we look at the figures on the, on the ground, our experiences, I don't know about the other brothers that are there. Uh, maybe it was our community, we gather in small groups, probably. That, that's yeah. how it turns out. But, but I don't see our communities of worship being super spreaders in the first place. Because, because the figures of people that are affected from the communities, religious communities that we know, that I know, the figures, they, they, they are not as, as, as what we are made to believe. But of course, evangelists, but of course, evangelists, you have not conducted any survey to establish that to be a matter of fact. You are falling yeah, foul of your very same... We have conducted a scientific uh, survey. But, but look here and I... We are a people of faith who interact with one another as closely as, 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 as it is possible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we can assess in, in terms of small pockets. Like, I can say in Houten, uh, we have had such, such a number like this. In Eastern Cape, 
we have received the news that uh, uh, so many people died because of this disease. You know, in Western Cape, this group has, has lost so many people. But I can tell you for a fact, now, <laughs> I, I, in our community of faith, I have not yet received such standard numbers. You're, you're talking about deaths. You're talking about deaths, evangelist. And yes, we're, 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 we're talking about infections. Okay. We're but talking this, about infections. But, but, but that gives you an, 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 an idea of how the rate of infection, doesn't it? All right. Sheikh, yes. I heard you wanted to jump in. Go ahead. Yes, yes, yes. No, thank you very much. So I, I wanted to come from an Islamic point of view to say uh, the, the, the risks are at the minimum because we as Muslims would do ablution before we, we stand up for any other prayer. So even when we are in the mosque, we would use running water. So in my view, that would even eliminate the spread to a certain degree. What we need to do is to abide by all the protocols to say we sanitize. So part of ablution is part of sanitizing, cleansing yourself. So in a mosque, there are lesser chances for a COVID to become a super spread vis-a-vis a person who's playing soccer in a soccer field, whose temperature is going to rise and who's, who's going to even sweat. And there's a direct contact, and soccer players don't even wear a mask, and they even scream while they're playing soccer in that certain uh, uh, thing uh, a time. So I don't know uh, the scientific um, ratio. How is it balanced? When it, because it, it doesn't even indicate to, on on that space of soccer or any other sport that would be uh, played in a country in South Africa. Or L- let me remind you, any- Sheikh. Let me remind you, ablution is purely focusing on the outside you're washing your hands you're washing your body you're washing your feet whatever it is that you believe you need to wash but it's outside and the coronavirus comes from your nose comes from your eyes comes from your mouth and comes through those it's an entry and exit point if you have no cleansed your inside of the virus you can do all the ablution that Islam requires of you, but still, if you are carrying the virus within you, when you get there, you are going to be transmitting. And if you do not keep a safe social distance, if you do not keep your mask up, it doesn't matter how much ablution you can do. You are going to be transmitting. Is the same argument where you would drive in any mall or any other post Correct. in this country, and you'll find magnitude of people queuing on queuing in lines, waiting for the 350. Correct. So are we saying that 350 doesn't potentially expose those people to... We're saying they are, unfortunately, religious communities are are involved in that. No, no, I'm talking about the 350, that uh, the grant, 350 grant, because Mm. there's nowhere the president mentioned that people shouldn't queue in magnitude, waiting for the 350 that he has promised them. So I'm saying, are we saying or alleging that the 350, those people are immune of spreading the virus? Let me say this again, uh, 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 Sheikh. The fact that there would be other places like those queues for grants or sports gatherings or after tears or whatever, the fact that there are other places that are super spreaders is bothersome to include in that list of super spreaders religious people now your argument is but there are others who are doing it as well no no 
that's not my argument. I'm saying what you do on the right must be done on the left. Let us find uh, alternatives to, to, to distribute the 350. We can use technology. We can use EFT. I'm just making But our, fo- our, focus, there, our focus there, Sheikh, is, is not the queue there. Our focus is the community that you lead. Yes, it's spreading. All right. So Bishop, you, you have the... Bishop, you have the last word on this matter. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying potentially the program of uh, 350, it's also a, can potentially spread. So I, I, I totally agree with you. I, I yeah, totally agree with you, Sheikh, but I want you yeah. to understand again, we are not talking to those people. We're talking to religious leaders and the communities religious leaders are leading. Yes, so our, our solutions cannot be to say, First, do that to them and then to us. That, that, that cannot be a solution. You as religious leaders need to be able to say, as far as our people are concerned. Bishop, you have the last word on the matter. Um, yes, yes, Sheikh. I, I, I got it. Go ahead, Bishop. Yes, I think my, my last matter, I was slightly disappointed in the speech in terms of uh, preventative medicine and preventative measures that uh, people should do because at the end of the day we know the pre-exposed conditions of poor health and poor immunity can actually make people susceptible to contamination and contracting of the disease indeed so i I was hoping that by now the president and other health uh, the task team should start coming out more openly about African indigenous medicine. All right. Some of the preventative measures that people can actually do to protect themselves from the virus. All right, let's but leave it right there, Bishop. Uh, my time is completely up to all my guests. Thank you very much.